It's the All 7 Days Podcast, recorded live at the Hand of Point Studios in Lyman, South Carolina. I'm Stan, and that is with a big mustache. Trevor, hey, how are you? <laughs> it's going to get bigger. It's getting bigger. It's getting bigger. How many, oh, yeah. how many times have you scraped the dust off a cookie when you put it in your mouth with your mustache now? <laughs> I don't eat cookies. Oh, well, there you go. So this hasn't happened. And, uh, but I had a friend who used to call them cookie dusters. So that's why I asked the yep, question. Yep, I've heard that. This one's not long enough yet. Not it's, long enough yet. Okay. Um, but it's, I mean, it's. It's still in its infant, infant stages. No way. That is a man's mustache right there. That's, uh, that's impressive. No, well, thank you. No I'm going to grow it a little bit longer. Little Now, by longer, you mean down the sides of the mouth longer? I might or? keep it past Christmas. What? Yeah. You could be, oh, yeah, man. Santa stash. That would be. Uh... Kurt Russell and Tombstone. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, okay, let me, let me get through some business here. Hey, send your questions in to the All 7 Days podcast. Ask at all7days.com, 864-660-9473. Join the All 7 Days Hangout on Facebook. Get your mugs and T-shirts at all7days.com. Shop, become a monthly supporter, anchor.fm slash all7days. Look for the su- support button there and become a monthly supporter and get more content like this. Okay, Tombstone. You mentioned the movie. Yes. Well, who was your favorite actor in the movie Tombstone? Uh, Val Kilmer. Absolutely. You nailed it. He stole yeah. that movie with his portrayal of Doc Holliday. Just yes. perfect. Perfect. When, I mean, the man, I think, actually contracted tuberculosis just to play the role. Talk about <sighs> method acting. I believed it. Yeah, he was. <laughs> it was so yeah, good. Yeah, I thought he was sick for real the entire movie. <laughs> it's incredible. Incredible acting performance. Uh, what has happened to Val Kilmer? I don't, I have, you haven't seen him in a long time. I think he, uh, he's going to be in that new Top Gun 2 movie. It, oh, he's going to, he's going to revise his role. Oh man! Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know I that. I hope so. I mean, I didn't know that. How do you have Top Gun without? You got to have him. Maverick. You got to have Iceman. You got to have Iceman. Was... Absolutely, one hundred percent agree. Uh, well, okay, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad he's. I'm glad he's coming back for that. Yeah, he absolutely stole that movie. He was so good in that movie. Very good. And Very good. anytime Pam wants me to do something, sometimes I will respond with. I'm your Huckleberry. I'm your Huckleberry. That's such a <laughs> Love that movie. Nowadays, I don't know how many people know that line. That hey, all you young listeners out there, go uh, go look that movie up. Tombstone, Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer, and a few others. Um, Good ones in there. Yeah, Gunfight at the OK Corral. It's all in there. Oh yeah. It's good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Uh, Anything else going on, Trevor, we need to cover before we get into our questions of the day? We've covered, no, we've covered no, the mustache. No. We've covered Val Kilmer. <laughs> I think we've covered the basics. Why, why don't we just end it here? Let the people have the day off. <laughs> Val Kilmer and mustache. That's it. 
He had a nice mustache in that movie, as did Kurt Russell. He did. I think his was like kind of uh, thin and... It had the handlebar thing kind of going. I don't think it was over the top, but... uh, No. Yeah. But you got to look up Kurt Russell's Wyatt Earp with that big mustache. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Monster stash. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He paid a lot of money for that one. All right. Money maker. (laughs) The money maker. Let's take a very quick break. This is the All 7 Days Podcast. Welcome back. It's the All 7 Days Podcast. Stan and Trevor here to answer questions uh, of a spiritual matter. You can send your questions in and we will answer them because that is what we do after we talk about mustaches. All right. Did, uh, question one, did Jesus have a mustache? That's a good question. I mean, he's always portrayed with the beard. Got the beard and the mustache going and all the artwork, but. I don't know. I bet you he had the best facial hair out of anybody ever alive. You think so? You think Jesus was a good-looking man? He's the son of God. I would think he would be pure perfection, (laughs) right? (laughs) A physical specimen. Well, the Bible (laughs) says one thing about his physical appearance. Did you know that, Trevor? The Bible does mention mention Jesus' physical appearance. It says something to the fact that he was of no physical stature so that anyone would take notice of him i could i could see that yeah so he didn't didn't want to stand out well for his physical appearance but more so what he was teaching i suppose so i don't know i don't know well anyway um yes we'll move on <laughs> New City Catechism. We're still talking through it. Uh, we're going to handle three questions today because I think these, as before, group together quite nicely. We're going to look at questions 25, 26, and 27. Uh, and 25 and 26, I think, are pretty straightforward, which leads us to question 27, which um, is where a lot of people jump off the Christianity bandwagon. Uh, so let's talk about these. Uh, question 25. Does Christ's death mean all our sins can be forgiven? And the good news of the gospel is yes. And their answer is yes, because Christ's death on the cross fully paid for the penalty for our sin. God graciously imputes Christ's righteousness to us as if it were our own and will remember our sins no more. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So, uh, Trevor, what does this this mean to us? Uh, Christ's death on the cross fully paid the penalty for our sin. Well, um, all our past sins, our current sins, and future sins. That's correct. Are all forgiven. Fully paid. And, yes, that's correct. And and God graciously imputes Christ's righteousness to us as if it were our own. This is the doctrine of imputed righteousness. What does that mean? Imputed righteousness. Imputed righteousness. Uh, He graciously... Gave us his righteousness, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So we have none of our own. He Correct. was perfectly righteous. And when he paid for our sins, we are credited his righteousness uh, 
because we didn't have any, right? That's the only righteousness we have mm -hmm. is his righteousness. So Correct. that's where it comes from, which is an incredible, gracious thing, right? We don't deserve it, mm -hmm. but when God looks at us, he sees the righteousness of Christ. That's great news. We don't have, we can't do anything to be more righteous than we already are because he is perfectly righteous and we have his righteousness. Mic drop. Done. Um, and we'll remember our sins no more. Now, this phrase I, I could take a little bit of issue with. He doesn't remember our sins anymore. And while, while I believe our sins are forgiven and no longer mm -hmm. under our account, Jesus paid for those, I, I have trouble with that he doesn't remember them anymore. I'm not sure where that comes from in the Bible. Uh, however, I, and the reason I say that is because the Bible is God's word, is it not? Correct. And in God's word are recorded a multitude of sins for lots of people. In particular, if you want an example, David. David mm -hmm. slept with Bathsheba, had his had her husband killed when he found out she was pregnant, and that is all recorded in God's word. I'm not so when I say he will remember our sins, I think what they mean is that they will not be held against us anymore. I think yes. that's what that really means. Uh, but a lot of people say that God just forgets it. I, 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 and I can't quite go there uh, because he says he will judge everyone according right. to the deeds done. So that uh, means that he would have to remember yeah, they're all recorded. Uh, he's not going to be like, well, this is a penalty, and this is a penalty, right. and I'm going to use this against you because you did this. Right, right. It is, it is, uh, this is, this is, this is the final judgment. Here's, here's the way you lived your life, yet here is who paid the penalty for all of that sin. Welcome mm -hmm. into the kingdom. Yeah. At the end. I mean, he'll... I'm pretty sure he'll he'll point them out to you so you know, but then he'll remind you that he's not going to hold it against you. Right. Yes. His wrath is extinguished in that. Uh, all right. The next question. That was pretty easy to cover. I think we did we did okay for that. Um, you did great. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> what else? <laughs> Your mustache has inspired me. What else does Christ's death redeem? Uh, the answer uh, for question 26 of the New City Catechism, Christ's death is the beginning of the redemption and renewal of every part of fallen creation as he powerfully directs all things for his own glory and creation's good. Do I need to read that again? Is that a little bit confusing? What if we broke it down into... Okay, well, let me read the, I'll read the, uh, I'll read the scripture, Colossians uh, 1, 19 and 24. In him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So, um, 
This is where we get that Christ is not only redeeming humanity, but all creation. Uh, so here we go. Let's, let's look at this. Christ's death is the beginning of the redemption and renewal of every part of fallen creation. So we see in Genesis that when Adam sinned, not only was there a curse on man, but he cursed the earth as well. And that's why we have to work to, to, get, to get things out of the ground. There are thorns now. There are, there are creeping things. There are insects that we don't like. There are things that bother us when we try to raise crops and when we try to work. We, you know, we, the garden was, was created by God. He put Adam and Eve in to work it, but it was all fertile. It was all glorious. It all just ran. They were just there to take care of it. But now there's, uh, there's uh, God, God told Adam, You'll, you're now going to have to work by the sweat of your brow. It's not going to be easy anymore, uh, and that's part of the curse. Uh, so Christ's death redeems all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, as he, um, as he uh, redeems human, humanity in the end, he's also going to redeem his creation. And that's what Colossians 1, 19 and 20 says. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So uh, Christ is going to redeem all creation as well. Everything. Anything we need to add to that? No. Because we're about to answer question three. Which is the tough one. Oh, yeah. Are all people, just as they were lost through Adam, saved through Christ? You want to answer that one? Well, I mean, I, <laughs> I could read what you wrote, what you have here, but I mean, if I didn't read that answer, I would have to say no. Yeah. Why would you say that? Um, I think God likes it when people believe in him and have faith mm-hmm. in him mm-hmm. and people that don't believe usually argue that he does not exist. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. I said the three different ways there for emphasis. Right. I am, <laughs> I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Right. So those so you have to believe in Jesus Christ in order to get to absolutely. heaven to get to God. Yes. And, and so why would God save somebody who doesn't? Exactly. I mean, that sounds awful. It does. But, it does. Uh, uh, so let's, re- let's read the New City Catechism answer. Sure. No, we agree with him. Only those who are elected by God and united by Christ, united to Christ by faith. Nevertheless, God in his mercy demonstrates common grace even to those who are not elect by restraining the effects of sin and enabling works of culture for human well-being. All right, so we've got two things going on here. Uh, We've got the controversial word elected. And those who are elect. And then we have what's known as common grace. Uh, so we should probably look at both of those at least. 
the scripture they give is Romans 5.17, for if, for, uh, for if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. So we see that, that new reigning, that new, new life comes through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So if you have not accepted him, if you have not uh, been born again, as Jesus would say to Nicodemus, um, you don't get to participate in that. Okay, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about a couple things. Um, Romans eight, I want to say uh, twenty nine and thirty, talks about the golden chain of salvation. That's what the theologians have called this. Those he foreknew, he predestined. And those he predestined, he called. And those he called, he justified. And those he justified, he glorified. I'm surprised I got all that from memory. Uh, but I've been thinking about that little scripture a good bit lately. Um, and that, that just shows that God is in control of all of those things. And all of those verbs are in past tense. It's done. Mm-hmm. It's done. So uh, only for those who are elected by God and united to Christ by faith. So we know that faith is a gift of God, and it unites us to Christ. And the, those that he uh, elected, as it says, I think it's either in Ephesians or Galatians, are, are those who um, are saved through Christ. Okay? Even Revelation talks about the, the names that are written in the Lamb's Book of Life were written before the foundation of the world. So, if anybody wants to argue about that, please let me know. We'll have a great conversation. Uh, so, but then it talks about, nevertheless, God in His mercy demonstrates common grace, even to those who are not elect, by uh, restraining the effects of sin and enabling works of culture for human well-being. Common grace here, uh, the Bible talks about uh, He causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust mm-hmm. and the sun shines for sinners and those who are saved and we have uh, governments that rule over Christians and non-Christians and our cultures are good for both in most cases in some cases right. uh, we can we can definitely see man's sin getting involved in that and causing issues um, however uh, that's how God has set up uh the world uh, in his common grace. So a question. Yes. Is that right there, that, that common grace, uh, do you, could you see atheists using that as an argument as to how, or an argument basically that God does not exist, that there is a common grace, like you said, uh, they they could say you know if God was real he would you know since I don't believe he would strike me down compared to somebody that does believe. I mean, um, could I, you see somebody using that as an? I, I guess I could see it as an argument, uh, but then again the the word of the word of God kind of refutes it in that it says uh, you know the Lord is 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 patient with us. He's not he's not 
going to let us get away with our sin, but he's patient with us, you know, with the, with the hope of us coming to repentance and in saving faith. Um, the fact that he didn't strike Adam dead the instant he, he and Eve ate the fruit was, uh, at that point, a grace given to them. So uh, right. they did die, but it wasn't immediate. It wasn't an immediate physical death. Uh, and again, that's, that's just part of his graciousness, um, that he didn't make it immediate. So, I, you know, maybe I could see that as, as an argument, but I don't see it holding much water. Right. See, I, I don't know because I don't know many atheists nor had any conversations about why they don't believe in God. So I, I, I'm just guessing. I, I, I don't know. You know, um, the Bible talks about everyone knows that there's a God. Romans 1. So... Uh, yet they just refuse to acknowledge him so they can go behave the way they want to. Um, I would, if anybody ever told me, I, I've never, re- I don't know that I've ever had anybody tell me straight up that they're an atheist. I think I've known a few. Uh, but if anybody ever told me they were an atheist, I would say, okay, so in order for you to be absolutely sure that there is no God means you have all knowledge of all the universe. Now, have you ever been to the dark side of Pluto? Have right. you seen what's there? Could there be evidence there that might prove to you that there's a God? And, I, you know, once you, once you say that someone has all knowledge, well, immediately they're going to back up from that. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can pretty quickly take them from atheism to at least agnosticism in, in, a, in just a couple of minutes. If they're honest with you, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, which which means at that point, you have the ability to try to prove to them that there is a God. Because now they've at least said, well, I just haven't seen the evidence of it. Right? And it, and it doesn't take long, at least for me, to say, well, what about your eyeball? Is that just, did right. that just happen by chance? Or did God design that? I mean, it sure looks designed to me. And if there's a design, there has to be a designer. Somebody created. Yes, exactly. There's a creator somewhere. Yeah. If you walk by a building, you know someone designed it and someone mm-hmm. built it. Even though you've never seen them or met them, you know they were there because the building is there. And all of this creation here is just so well designed and put together, there had to be a designer and a creator. That's my argument. Correct. So, um, so um, I have uh, I have one more scripture here that I want to talk about a little bit, and this is um, this is for those of you out there listening who might think that you're saved, but maybe you're not. And I want to I want to bring this out because. What I, we know that not everyone is saved. And uh, um, I want to get your thoughts, Trevor, and those who are listening out there on what I'm about to present. I've been thinking about this for quite a while. This scripture always 
um, hits me right between the eyes because um, would you would you think Trevor I'm just going to ask ask a couple of questions would you think it would be God's will for you to prophesy in his name me personally yeah if anyone claimed the the ability to be able to prophesy in the name of Jesus would that not be God's will if they could do it yeah I believe so would it be um, God's will for someone to claim and be able to cast out demons in in the name of God well that's hard to believe nowadays <laughs> <laughs> but I, if they if they could if they claim that they could and they could would that would that would you think that would be God's will yeah just just think of any number of marvelous wonderful works that people could do maybe not miraculous maybe just uh you know go to africa and build a well dig a well for a tribe or you know whatever whatever you can think of that someone might do some what they might call a mighty work do it in the name of the lord would that not be god's will Um, <laughs> depends what they're doing it for. Okay. I, I Yeah, I get that. I get that. Yeah, some people... But, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, so if, if all of these things are done uh, in, the name of, in the name of God, would you think that all these people are saved? They've been able to prophesy in his name. They've been able to cast out demons in his name. They've gone and done let's say mission work in his name would you think these people would if you if you were judging them you would think these yeah. people are okay with god these yeah. people are working hard they're doing things in his name okay yes this is why i read this scripture okay matthew 7 starting in verse 21 not everyone who says to me lord lord will enter the kingdom of heaven but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven okay so if you do his will you get in yes. but not just because you said lord lord on that day it says in verse 22 many will say to me lord lord did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And I'm thinking of probably lots and lots of people who have spent their life in church and taught Sunday school and been on mission trips, have seen things in scripture and been able to share those with others uh i don't know of anyone who's cast out a demon okay i'm not going to go that far but i've seen people do some really great things mm -hmm. yet yet that in itself means nothing 
when it comes to their salvation. And that's not to say I, I'm, I'm trying to persuade people not to do these things, right? Right. We need people who will proclaim God's word, and we need people, apparently on occasion, who can cast out demons, and we need people to go do many mighty works in the name of Christ. But to do them with the thought of taking them before God and say, see God, see what I did. Mm -hmm. Here's my resume, God. If that's why you're doing them, you are not in the kingdom. No. You cannot take these things before God and say, I deserve to get in because of what I've done. This is how it turns. So, those who are listening to me and you, Trevor, let's be careful with our acts of service, with our ministries, with the things like we do, even this podcast. This is not anything that we do to try to punch a time card for Jesus, a ticket into heaven, or anything like that. That's not what this is. We do this... No, we're not. We're not. Even even these works are like filthy rags in front of his righteousness. And we don't want to hold these up as any great thing that we're doing, especially in front of the one who paid our debt on the cross. Um, so be careful with yeah. the things that you do and and make sure you hang on to hu- your humility with all your might, all the stuff that you do are good things, but they are not what Jesus looks at to get you into heaven. He looks at his righteousness to get you in. Have you trusted Jesus for his righteousness on you? And have you turned from all the sin? Have you, have you turned your back on that as a lifestyle? And try to pursue righteousness in him. That's the only way that you can get in. So just a just a warning and a uh, word of caution to us yeah. and our listeners out there. And so people hearing that, you know, don't get discouraged because you see Sally from next door working at the food kitchen and donating clothes and doing this and doing this. Right. They might not be doing it for all the right reasons. That's you right. Know, they might be... If they're doing it just to make themselves feel better, that's not the right reason. Oh. Uh, I mean, it... Each person's different, and they all, they all have their different relationship with God. And um, If you do things for yourself, you're not, you're not going to be uh, entering. Yeah, true. So. True. Don't compare to other people. You yes. don't know what's, what they're doing it for, what their that's motivation right. is. That's right. That's right. Put your trust in Christ. Let his righteousness get you in. And then work from that, right? Yeah. Work out of that gratitude and humility. And that way when someone says, man, you're really doing a great work, you can just say, look, it's just Christ working through me. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a vessel doing what, he, doing what I think he wants me to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, leave it at that. Leave it at that. All right. Anything else, Trevor? No, that was good. That was I like that uh, that there passage at the end. <laughs> that there, that there, that there passage. That mustache has got you talking a little, a little southern there. Been in oh. Mississippi a little too long, I think. 
need to go watch a western. <laughs> I think uh, Tombstone might be on the agenda for tonight. I think so. That's I a good idea. I think that would be a good one. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap it up there. Uh, remember, let others know about the podcast. We will give you permission to stop it right here and share it with somebody else. We would appreciate that. Uh, appreciate you listening. Get your questions in. Ask at all seven days dot com eight six four six six zero nine four seven three voicemail or text. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Subscribe and never miss another episode. Support us all seven days dot com dot slash shop and anchor dot fm slash all seven days. This is the all seven days podcast where the goal is to make you think so highly of God that you forget about yourself. Now go give someone what you value most today.